0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: There are leg days, and then there are leg days when you squat 600 of dead pounds. Nick Chubb. And then there are leg days when you destroy the Kenosha Kingfish mascot, A.J. Dillon. Now that is a Kenosha kicker. Let's go! Polka, polka, polka. I mean, come on. Anybody? Polka, polka, polka. Nobody got that. Please? All right, fine. We'll move on from this. Do the Houston Astros own the New York Yankees? You know about the past history. This year, there was the no-hitter. Yesterday, there was a doubleheader sweep. The Yankees haven't led for one pitch in any game versus Houston this year. Aaron Boone, after yesterday's sweep, said it doesn't matter. It's not going to matter until October. A question you know I love asking, national panel. Does it matter? Around the horde of Clinton Yates. I think it absolutely matters, not just because of the fact that they
2: lost the games, but how they lost the games. In the previous, before the doubleheader, Booney got kind of outsmarted there at the end between matchups and shifts in a weird move that didn't make sense. They end up dropping that one. And then in the doubleheader, they get jumped on twice, and they're never really in this. Of course it matters. I realize that October is a different thing, but for Booney to be saying it only matters till October, things are trending in the wrong direction for him. If it wasn't for the fact that he signed an extension last year a little bit, people would be concerned about his job and where this is going. So, yeah, it matters, and your Navarez is back who's hitting the
1: snot out of the ball. Absolutely a concern for the Yankees. Well, nobody's concerned about Boone's job this season. Yes, yes, going into the season that was the case. This season, we know, off to the greatest start maybe in franchise history, but now it's just two games separating New York and Houston, Sarah Spain. Does it matter?
3: it does and i thought this is where clinton was headed when he said how they've lost the games 151 this is an important number first of all it's a really good proof of alcohol if you want to take a lighter and the take a shot oh come on flames. sarah you're i'm just still saying that's that life? You to use you're not you in college to... anymore. not recently <laughs> not recently uh, but some people might need to know that that is the batting average of the Yankees in this series, season series yeah. against the Astros. That's the lowest batting average for a season against opponent in franchise history. That's in your head whether or not Booney tells you it doesn't matter till October. And so is the fact that the Astros have a pretty good shot of ending up with a better record and home field mm-hmm. advantage. And as tight as these two teams are against all competition, that really could matter when they go up against each other. So, of course, this matters. Bill Plaschke.
4: First, I want to say kudos to Jose Altuve for recovering so quickly from the injury that kept him from coming to Dodger Stadium and getting booed at the All-Star oh, game. Uh, uh, can, I, can, I say, can I just say that? Say that? Thank you. No, this, this, ma- this absolutely matters. The Astros are in the Yankees' heads as far as pitching-wise. Aaron Judge is batting 148 against Astro pitching. They're going to have the same rotation. Verlander's going to lead them into the postseason. They're going to, if they get home field advantage... The Astros will win that series. The
5: Yankees, yes, they're, they're, the Astros are in their heads.
1: And Israel Gutierrez.
5: You know it matters because he's saying it doesn't matter, right? If you've got a lead <laughs> the way in their division anyway, the way the Yankees have a lead in their division, you can go ahead and pick something that says, hey, let's focus on that. Let's try to beat that team. Let's not be, as you said, not lead during a single pitch uh, against that team. And if you look since July 2nd, the Yankees have been a not-so-nice 6-9. and nine. And while they have been outscoring (laughs) opponents in that stretch it goes to show you that that isn't what always can happen right you can you can bombs away and still lose in a seven game stretch and this is where i'm with bill here the houston astros in their head if you get to a point where you think you can just outslug them that's fine you've had great uh health with your starting pitching rotation this year with severino you know coming back from his lat injury now if they're healthy in the postseason they still don't feel confident against the Houston Astros. So if there's an injury or two, if I'm the Astros, I'm feeling great about Who the
1: Yankees, though, and 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 specifically Aaron Boone, Clinton Yates, have the ability to tinker a little bit. They have such a big lead in their division. I mean, they, they brought in... Herman yesterday to pitch for the first time in years. And yes, they lost the game, but they're, they're still trying things out with the lineup. They're not starting, it seems like, their best player, Stanton and Donaldson. And at every game, they're not. They're still moving Marvin Gonzalez in and all these other interesting moves. Tinker away in the middle of the summer, but the bottom line is that the results
2: for the Yankees in the past three postseasons have been getting worse, and Booney has been the one that's been there. And if I'm told the championship or bust is what the Yankees do, well, they better figure it out real fast. Go Plachki, last
1: word.
4: Yeah, I mean, the, the, I think the Yankees are – they can be like spring training for the next couple of months. But they gotta be serious against the Astros. They were serious in this. Well, series. they won't face they them, them again the, the, the rest
1: of this regular season, right? Oh, I think you're. Saying, I'm sensing you guys think the Yankees need to be buyers at the trade deadline, which is a shocking thing to say about a team that's 35 games or whatever they are yeah. over 500. If you're buying anything, buy buy somebody who can hit against Justin Verlander. I think I looked Carlos Santana's stats in his career. He's a guy who hits them. Buy somebody who can get Jose Altuve out. That's that's maybe what you're doing. With a one-track mind, we're going to move on. That's that's how you start a second half with New York and Houston. And tonight, Houston versus Seattle. The Mariners haven't lost 14 straight wins is on the line tonight against the Astros. And how you start a second half, Dodgers, Mookie Betts saving their bacon last night. Bill, is there a storyline you're watching in the second half? a, A race? The Juan Soto trade? Does it matter at all? (laughs) <laughs> well, first
4: all, I got to tell you, I was at the Dodger game last night. Great staff in the Dodger game. Trace Thompson tripled and doubled. Mm. His brothers never had a triple-double.
1: Oh, <laughs> Clay Thompson, his brothers never had a triple-double. You know what? Had a I love that,
4: Bill. I'm, I am, I, I like, I am that rewarding staff. that. There you go. Well, what, what I'm looking for is there's only five teams that can win this thing. There, there, there just is Dodgers, Braves, Mets, Astros, Yankees. Those are the only five that can win the World Series. I'm saying it right mm-hmm. now. Everybody knows that. So I'm watching who gets Castillo from the Reds, who gets Soto, who makes the kind of moves that the Braves made last mm-hmm. year, quietly got the Duvalls and the Solares mm-hmm. and the, okay. and, and the and Rosarios. So I'm watching what are these five contenders, the only serious contenders that we have, what are they doing to get
2: better? Clinton Yates, a storyline in the second half. You know, Bill mentioned five teams can win it. It's hard for me to believe in the Mets right now, but I think the question of whether or not Atlanta can repeat is the one that's a top of mind for me. Because, listen, not only did they get better before they won the World Series last year, they got better this offseason. In terms of how they retooled their outfield and in terms of who they are, the Braves are arguably a better team as a champion. And seeing them, if they can repeat with, that, with what they've got on the mound and what they've gotten
1: replaced on their team, I, I think it's going to be very compelling to see if we can get it team Sure, team. being healthy. But – there was some shade for the Mets. You don't believe in the Mets. And they're not even full strength yet. We haven't even seen DeGrom and Scherzer 1-2. You're making my point for me. Until we see that,
2: I don't know that I'm going to believe in that team and being able to do it. hmm Sarah Spain.
3: I am keeping an eye on Soto, who you mentioned. I'm keeping an eye on Shohei Ohtani and whether they decide that um, he doesn't want to be in the Mike Trout situation of getting stuck with the Angels for too long. Wow. But mostly wow. I'm watching the Mariners. I love the replacement of the team that's sort of the butt of the joke. My Cubs, for years, became the symbol of futility. The Mariners now have the longest playoff mm-hmm. drought sure. of any of the four major men's sports. They have a 67.7% chance of making the postseason. Whether you want to quibble about expanded playoffs, fine, you could argue it. but they've won four 14th straight, they put themselves in a good position. And the idea of now having to come up with who the replacement is for the Mariners when we talk playoff utility extends beyond the world of just baseball.
5: And is Gutierrez. Uh, maybe it's the NBA lover in me, but I love the potential transaction and the Juan Soto trade potentially is what's intriguing to me. At 23 years old projects to be one of the greatest hitters we've ever seen. His on-base percentage for his age, career best. The only two people that, have be- that are better at his age Ted Williams and shoeless Joe Jackson. Tony, this guy is and can change the sort of landscape of the uh, the race here in the- for the playoffs with one trade. So Juan Soto, I know it's only too long a second for a real full second half storyline, but that's what I'm looking I Apologize. everybody on
1: board with with Bill saying it's only five teams that can win it I wonder every year at this time the last couple oh, of I years Atlanta is- was not a team you said they're going to win it in, a, in the end of July Washington a few years back was not a team you would have said is going to win it the teams bubble up Bill yeah but can, I, can I make it clear the Cubs are not one of those teams
4: Make sure I make that clear. Oh,
3: Plaschke, what are you doing here? Thank you. It's just cold, man. To be so salty, (laughs) just because you said it was over, and what you meant was the Dodgers season was over. Yeah.
2: Atlanta (laughs) entered the playoffs with the least amount of wins and still won the whole thing, and some people still think the Dodgers should be getting devalued for winning the COVID year one. We still don't exactly know who the Clem de la Clem is
1: in the league, even if I don't devalue it. I'm very interested to see that part. Mm. Yes. All right. One more story here. NFL Now Patriots. Officially going with no coordinator job titles this year? Yes, of course they're coaches, but Belichick listed nobody as coordinator on offense or defense. Israel, what is Belichick up to? What's in a job
5: title? Does it um. matter? <laughs> <laughs> It's a great question, Tony. I feel like I've heard it before. Uh, no, I don't necessarily think it matters, especially since in 2010 they went into a season, the Patriots did, uh, without an offensive or defensive coordinator. The one thing about being a great coach and the one thing about Bill Belichick, from week to week you know he is organized, you know he is prepared. Whether or not somebody has a title, I don't think that's going to change from week to week next season.
1: Uh, let's hear from Bill Plaschke here.
4: I think it does matter. I think Belichick is 17-16 and 16 since Brady left. I think he's lost Josh McDaniels. I think he's, gee, the, the whole organization is like his friends and family. They, feel, they, they almost, almost feel like the Lakers. And I just think it matters that he doesn't have more voices challenging him, more, more people in, in positions of power. And, again, 17 and 16,
2: it's not looking good for them. He's, he's going to miss Josh McDaniel. Glenn Yates. Our old friend Dominique Foxworth used to tell me that even when he played, he didn't <clears> – <throat> excuse me, he didn't necessarily understand the chain of command of how coordinators worked and why. This is a situation where I think if you're going to (laughs) think outside the box and trust one person, it's going to be Bill Belichick overall because of the greatness he's shown.
1: I'm fine with this. Wow. So (laughs) an NFL veteran said, I don't know if coordinators matter. Interesting. And Sarah Spade, how about you?
3: Well, Dominique seems like the kind of guy who would think he was smarter than all the coaches because he was. So maybe that's why he didn't really believe in that. I think it could be good because we already know that the buck stops with Bill, and that's been established for years. and He's certainly earned the benefit of the doubt. I do wonder mm-hmm. down the line what it means to not be able to pinpoint by title who's accountable, whose job it is, who's, you know, the finger points at when things aren't going well because it's a lot easier to do that if they're all a mix and a jumble. And by the way, Bill, when you said it feels like a bunch of family, it's probably because it is because his son is basically, potentially the de facto right, defensive coordinator. Right, there's Joe Judge involved you know, uh, Matt yeah. Patricia,
1: of course, and all, these are all coaches who have been with Bill in the past who have now recirculated through the league and come back to him. Taking a break right here, buy or sell on the other side, Clinton Yates, 25. High scorer.
4: I got got a great 30 seconds. I need to win today. I need to win today, Tony.
0: Wow. Around the Horn is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida mas fina. Part of happy hour. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase, coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17.
1: Charles Barkley's looming decision on whether to join the LIB Tour as a commentator and a voice and a face, which might mean he would leave inside the NBA. We talked about this earlier in the week, but I find this intriguing. He told Andrew Marshan in the New York Post, sports washing and blood money always has existed if you're in sports you're taking money from some not good cause and then he also said we all have selective outrage i want to know what you think of that more context this past week the president of the united states fist bumping the saudi arabian regime the same government and all their human rights violations involved in this liv tour more context the nba continuing business in china through a Human rights violation record that's abysmal and includes genocide. The World Cup in Qatar later this year, human rights violations that are abysmal. This own nation struggles and how sports has acted for and against various matters of justice and morality that we've talked about in the show often. An example, though, the NBA moving an all-star game recently over gay rights, electing to have preseason games in Abu Dhabi this year where gay rights are shackled. Sarah. Is there selective outrage? Is it hypocritical? How do you consider it all?
3: that's a lot um i will say that this was disappointing and i consider chuck a friend but he's very plain spoken about his friends on tv so i will be too i think it's very easy to care about causes until it makes it much more difficult for you to make money or to make the choices that you make in your life and we all have to end up facing the abstract of things that we support like lgbtq plus rights or not abiding by human rights violations in other countries and when it actually affects our wallet or the decisions we make and i I think in this case, the argument of there are other bad things or other people have done bad things is a total cop-out. When confronted with the opportunity to lend yourself to something like this or not, you're the one who gets to make the decision. So stop looking around to everybody else and trying to point the blame to them.
1: I guess that's specifically about Barclay and in general, the idea that there's an interconnectivity in the world and everybody... Every sport, he said, has a, is get, coming from a, a, a bad cause. Do you believe that? You- yeah, I
3: don't think that's, I think there are varying levels of that, and when we try to smush them all together, we lose the ability to actually, you know, talk about these things with specificity, which is necessary. The entire point of the Live Tour is not to make money off golf. The sport washing is the point. It is not a side effect, and that matters.
5: Israel Gutierrez? I do not consider Charles Barkley a friend, but I once considered him an ally, and just recently he posted a video of him supporting LGBT people, transgender people, very publicly at a club saying if they don't like you or whatever, and he cursed and said F you to to whoever is negative towards you. Um, Try saying that publicly in Saudi Arabia. Perhaps you'll be treated like a Yemeni blogger who was sentenced to 10 months just for supporting LGBTQ rights and tortured while he was in prison in solitary confinement. Perhaps you should actually do the selective research of your own to recognize what's actually happening there and then say, okay, I have to separate myself from that. Yes, I understand the United States has a tricky uh, relationship with Saudi Arabia. If I were a person of political power, I would try to find the best way to separate those two. I am not, and I am not Charles Barkley. Charles, you have a lot of influence on people in sports in this world. This is not something you should do, frankly.
1: Bill Plasky.
4: Yeah, this is really scary to me because if Charles Barkley gets involved in this, it becomes real. It becomes embraceable by a lot of Americans who don't really want to look beneath the surface. They, they love him, they want to laugh at him, they want to watch him, they don't really care about this, the sport he's talking about, he's talking about. They don't care under the surface of the problems. All they care about is Charles Barkley is a funny guy. Let's watch him. He'll make this mainstream, and that's very scary because it is not mainstream. And Charles Barkley often talks about being friends with journalists, and this is a place he's taking money from that allegedly killed killed journalists. He recently killed a journalist. It's, it's, it's beyond the pale. He needs not to do this. He needs to rethink this because they're using him. Saudi
1: Arabia is using him to get to us, for, he's got to stop that. Clinton, as I bring you in here, just to maybe even broaden this just a little bit uh, to the points that Charles is saying about every, everything is interconnected here and that the world. Well, the NBA in China, the World Cup in Qatar, the outrage for those things, the World Cup's going to go on and billions of people on the planet are going to be watching it. Is there anything there? that this is uh, the outrage he says is just outrage for the sake of being outraged. As a black person who grew up in America, I'm not
2: going to engage in the whataboutism that is our conflicted feelings when it comes to the sports that we watch and why we like them. That's an everyday part of life that we deal with. As for Charles Barkley specifically, I'm sorry, my man, you're way in over your head from a global citizen standpoint as far as what you can clearly understand. If you're dealing with something like being an ally, this is a flat-out betrayal when it comes to the intellectual, you know, logic of why you would be a part of this. The bottom line is that Charles Barkley does make this legitimate, as as Plasky pointed out, because the average fan is not going to care about all these intricacies that we've discussed. They're going to look at it, they're going to see the Chuckster, and they're going to say, I'm in. That's an issue, and that's what he's going to have to sleep at night with. And frankly, as a guy who's been a fan of Barkley and not a friend of his, I'm extremely
1: disappointed. We've talked about this now for months. You know, and we talked about the Olympics in China a year ago. We've talked about more topics than this. But, Sarah, you made, you made a point that, that rings true in my ears, right? There's a difference between doing business in and doing the business of, doing the business for. And and I think if I'm hearing you guys correctly, that's what you feel this golf tour is opposed to basketball in Abu Dhabi this summer, basketball in China, or Major League Baseball and decisions they made in this country uh, while we're disputing living wages of minor leaguers. Thanks for your thoughts on this. This is a tough conversation. I appreciate the time you guys gave it. Go Flash. Be Sarah Spain. Have a wonderful weekend. Clinton Yates, Israel
6: Gutierrez. Showdown in two minutes. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI
0: Live La Vida Mas Fina, part of Happy Hour.
1: Yates, Gutierrez, good luck in showdown. The Rams Super Bowl ring has made its debut. 20 carats of white diamond, Rams logo in blue and yellow sapphires. You see the Lombardi trophy and two palm trees there. Under the removable top, as all these rings now have, is SoFi Stadium, surrounded by a piece of, of the Super Bowl game ball, and the field underneath the roof is made up of remnants of the turf. At SoFi Stadium, Clinton, what's your favorite feature?
2: I actually think this is kind of classy and understated for rings these days. It's not huge. <laughs> it doesn't have, like, an NFT or a drone coming out of it or anything like that. It's just bling. We love it.
5: Okay. Uh, understated, he says. Israel, I mean, how about visually you? Visually, my favorite part. Is those palm trees just the green on gold, or the uh, the diamonds on gold looks really great? But turf on the inside, that's just wasted space. I don't want grass on my ring. Give me more diamonds, please. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> stick it red, call them emeralds, whatever. No grass or turf on my ring. No. Come so
1: it, the grass was making it understated, I guess, is, is, what, is what Clinton Yates was saying. I will split the points. a normal it's ring, just, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll move on. Leg day. The video of Nick Chubb squatting 610 pounds. He did it two times. This is his own personal training, right? He's at Cedartown High School, Georgia, where he, the weight room where he went. I don't need to tell you guys that's a tsunami max bar. The bend as it's forced. Israel, are you for or against your running back moving that much weight? I know he's surrounded
5: by people, but away from the team. Oh, that's where we're going with this. I thought you were talking about why my legs are burning just looking at that. He didn't just do one, he did two. That is unbelievable. This guy should lead the league in rushing every Come year. Come on, Browns.
2: You're the only team that's got a guy doing cartoon lifts with a dude with a wild mullet in the background, and he's not even at your own facility. You gotta be with the people. I that thought
1: somebody might doing say that. That just to feel safe I mean, about this. Between Dylan and Chubb, Saquon. The Quadfather, the Quadfather 1, the Quadfather 2, the Quadfather 3. Go ahead, Clinton. Got to give some props to Tim Kirkton, who's going into Cooperstown
2: in the Baseball Hall of Fame for career excellence. Tim Kirkton is an actual great dude. He's from Montgomery County, Maryland, which is outside of D.C., where I'm from. He wrote for The Pitch, which was at Walter Johnson High School, where he went, named after The Pitcher, the name of the school paper. The yearbook was also got the windup. His genuine
1: love for baseball is something that's affected me my whole life. Timmy, congratulations. We love you, buddy. That is awesome. Congrats, Anybody David. do a 10 impression?
3: Damn. Thanks, Blue Jays
6: That's are good. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing, and creative